The following announcement has been paid for by the Mike World Order. No, seriously. I had to pay for it. Reason being, parental advisory don't want nothing to do with this shit. So we might as well call this a parental mic advisory. That being said, please be mindful where you're listening to all episodes of NWO at and enjoy the show. It's Wednesday. You know what time it is. Got a new show for y'all. Yeah. A damn good show at that. Yeah. Let's start the show. What's happening, everyone? It's another episode of NWO Wednesday Night. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Thunder, your NWO World Heavyweight Champion and the Unified World Television Champion. And let's not forget, because I couldn't fit it on the marquee, but also the National Heavyweight Champion. Oh, man, it feels good to be covered in gold. It feels so good. So, I guess tonight's episode, just to make it a little interesting, for once, I will do a watch-along of AEW, you know. Right now, they uh, they just did the Claudio versus Ray Phoenix match, and, uh, you know, that was a banger of an opener. As you can see, I'm still adjusting. Man... It's been a rough day, rough couple of days. Okay, for starters, tired of playing with my toy. Okay, I'd say within the past, the past almost a year, I think I wore out about three toys. That's unreal. Three toys. Anywho. What's happening, everyone watching? Group chat worldwide, doesn't matter. Backlash and the one thing was, what up, Jersey Dell? Backlash was about one thing and one thing only. Bailey's ass. Those pants were the real MVP. Oh, my gosh. Yes, let's talk about that. Yo, not to, not to be that type of guy. And yeah, it is AAPI, and I support my Asian goddesses. But man, I swear, every time I see Bailey, I'm easily reminded that I used to love Latinas so much. And seeing that booty of hers, 
Aaron Solov, what were you thinking? Letting that one go. Shit, ding dong, who's there? My ding dong. Shit. But yeah, those pants she had on, I'm like, did she have a thong on? Or she had to have at least a straight thong or something because I didn't see no panty lines. And I mean, hey, she could have gone commando. But all I can say is if I were to have died right now, I want to come back as those pants every time Bailey wears them. Shit. Not going to lie. I even said it one time when someone asked me if I were to pass away, what would I want to come back as? I said a tanning bed, okay? Depending on the area we're at. Most tanning beds, if in the right area, it gets more hot ass sitting on it than your average porn star from the 90s. Come on now. It's, it's wild, but it's beautiful at the same time. I only watch Backlash for Bad Bunny. Well, we kind of figured that, uh, Nameless Goulette, while you were messaging uh, Mike from Bethesda, who still haven't watched the show yet. And I, I'm starting to figure out why, you know. But I get it. It's all cool that you're ashamed of us. Ashamed to have your friends meet your man. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Y'all met my woman on the show. Y'all didn't say nothing to anything. Y'all was busy fapping about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's fucked up, man. It's all good, though. We're, we're going to meet Mike from Bethesda one day. Okay? We're we, we going to manifest it. We're going to be like, Mike from Bethesda, I'm Mike Thunder. And I know Nameless Goulet. He's going to look at me like, who the hell are you, man? And I'm going to say, you know who I am. I was like, you will know my name is the Lord of Darkness when I spread them cheeks upon thee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what time it is. Yeah. Right now, they're on a commercial break for a AE dub, AE dub, AE dub. Look at that dub. Who's a dub? You're a dub. Dub a dub dub in my bathtub. Yeah. Man. You know what that's going on? You know what? I'm just going to give y'all a little taste of the random. A little taste of the random, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, check that out for a moment while I channel my inner matter, you know. You know what I'm saying, man? I let it channel all in. Let the flows keep curling. <laughs> Your cheeks will be, oh, shit. Your cheeks will be a glaze in the moonlight. It's like, oh, shit. What the hell, Jersey Devil? What the hell, man? I know that was my reaction to, oh, Lord. Jersey Devil don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to lie. Backlash 
from start to finish was a banger. And then on top of that, yo, I was a bit shocked, you know, when Bianca was getting booed. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised. <clears throat> if it was any other person, Bianca would have got cheered. Those Puerto Rican fans know Io Shirai. Puerto Rican fans are not one-track-minded like WWE is. They do their research. And let's not forget, former WWF World Light Heavyweight Champion and numerous time uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion in Japan, Takamichi Noku. Here's a little something y'all didn't know. When he left WWE, right? <clears throat> he decided that he wanted to start his own promotion, Kai and Tai Dojo, because the whole Kai and Tai faction that you remember from WWF was really based off of them and Michinoku Pro. But here's the here's the kicker though. So in Kai and Tai, they had all the members except one, and that was uh, Shiru, which was played by Kaz Hayashi. The reason why he wasn't part of that Kai and Tai was because he was signed to WCW. So WWF had everyone in Kai and Tai except for uh, Hayashi. And the funny part is when they came out for the first time, that crowd was chanting BWO because they were part of BWO Japan. But anywho, not to get sidetracked. So Takamichi Noku ended up uh, starting his own promotion in uh, Puerto Rico. He started Kaintai Dojo in Puerto Rico before moving all the way to Chiba, Japan. So Io Shirai and her sister at the time, Mio, before she retired, became a mom and is now a referee. Um, when they went freelance after leaving Makayan, they wrestled a lot in Kaintai Dojo. And there were occasions where they did matches in Puerto Rico that Taco would do because he still had connections with Savio Vega and IWA Puerto Rico. That's where you were able to see guys like uh, Pablo Marquez and Ricky Menderes, the guy that you know as El Macias or Mil Muertes, if you've seen Lucha Underground. <clears throat> That's how they were doing a lot of those talent exchanges with ECW and K-Dojo and you know, IWA Puerto Rico. A little fun fact y'all didn't know. Yoshihiro Tajiri came from, you know, big Japan, wrestled in IWA Puerto Rico, and that's how he got the ECW, you know? It's that pipeline. So Taka took what he learned in WWE and uh, took it with him to back to Japan. And even though there was the big scandal that happened, he quickly started his own promotion, Just Tap Out. And it's basically like old school. It was basically Kai and Tai Dojo before, before it blew up in Japan. It, it felt like he went back to basics, and I like it. Because their first graduate, Cannon, went to uh, DDT Pro Wrestling. You know, and I look at Cannon the same way that I would look at uh, Hiroki from Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, same similarities. Same similarities. Had a, both had great feuds with 
Taka over the main championship. So it made sense. It made big sense. So a little fun fact you guys didn't know that um, Mia, uh, Mio and her sister Io, who's now in WWE, <clears throat> they wrestled a lot in Puerto Rico. So they know who they were. Even uh, Asuka, when she wrestled under her name, Kana, uh, she did tours in Puerto Rico and Mexico with uh, the Shirai sisters when they were called a faction called Triple Tails. That's where they got that from. <clears throat> so that's a prime example for fans who didn't know why they cheered EO over Bianca. EO got history over there. It could have been any, it could have been the other two members of Damage Control. Bianca would have got cheered to the to the moon and back. But uh because like I said, that back history, they're gonna rule EO as the uh the favorite. And I think because of that, it's gonna cause a, a rift in damage control. And uh I got a feeling they're gonna split on SmackDown. Because SmackDown's the even though it's the B show, the B stands for big money compared to Raw. I got a feeling EO is gonna split away and eventually by next year's mania, she's gonna be the SmackDown women's champion. I'm calling it now. She might not win the Rumble. She might win Elimination Chamber or some number of women's contenders match. And I think it would uh it would happen. Gotta happen. It makes the best sense. But oh yeah. Backlash was off. Well, even even the match, I'm gonna tell you what to me was the match of the night. The match that y'all did not expect. Rollins versus Omos. No one expected that match to be the banger that it was. You know what I'm saying? All right, look like we got a question from Jersey Devil. Speaking of Tajiri, do you feel that the Unholy Alliance would have been one of the best teams to benefit from WWE production? Imagine some of those sinister minister promos and vignettes with a high production value and a budget. Shit. Add them to the Ministry of Darkness as, like, disciples and have Father James Mitchell be the second to, like, Paul Bear. Hell yeah. WWE could have made mad bank off of that because the creativity and it literally spread it out all their weight classes because at that point Christian was no longer looked at as a light heavyweight so that would have been something new and it would add a little bit more flair to the tag division you know what I'm saying downfall though they would end up being the fall guys in multi-man tags or they'd be the first one to get their asses kicked in a fight unless they were booked right. If they were booked right, then I could see them being like a solid mid-card tag team. They wouldn't win the tag titles, but they would produce some pretty interesting bangers of matches. I could see them being like how the headbangers were. And the headbangers were a good tag team too. They were rock solid. You know, they were different and they were pretty much pushing that attitude era button too before it officially became the attitude era. 
You know, people kind of forget that too. And I saw recently they got a uh, Legends contract to where they're able to have merchandise and stuff and be on video games. And if I remember correctly, that's the first time they'll be on a video game officially ever since what WrestleMania 2000. If I remember correctly, I'm cool with that because I used to wrestle with Chaz on uh, well. Mosh, when he used when he went by his real name, Chaz, I used to wrestle him on WrestleMania 2000 before I started using Creator Wrestler for the simple fact that he had that burning hammer finisher. Man, there's some gimmicks during the Attitude Era that thing would have went over had it not been for the overflow of the uh, wrestlers because that wasn't a small roster. Like, if you think about it, the Attitude Era, when you watch the matches during the Attitude Era, with the exception of the main event, the undercard on average was at least three to five minutes. Maybe tops seven. And that includes the entrances. Like, if you averaged out the time frame of a WWF light heavyweight title match during the Attitude Era, it was about, you know, five minutes, including the... Uh, Entrances. Okay, Jersey Devil mentioned. I've always come back to them if I had to replace either the Hardys, ENC, and the Dudleys and TLC. I'd probably replace. I don't know. I'd probably replace ENC and see what insane shit that the Hardys. It would be like a can you top this with the Unholy Alliance and the Hardy Boys during that time frame. Especially Jeff, because Jeff was really pushing that lucha style that you would have never expected from, you know, let's just say during that time frame, he wasn't expecting no white dude to pull off some lucha libre shit like that. We didn't have anyone during that time. Think about it. WCW's cruiserweight division. We probably had Kidman, but the only thing Kidman really had was that shooting star press. That was that was it. Just that shooting star press. And then who else? Jericho had Lion Song, uh, but they none of them could top the Japanese and the cruiserweights. So yeah, I stand by that statement. You know, they they had something. Imagine, just think about it. Jeff Hardy's 1998, 1990, yeah, 1999 version. Of himself. Imagine that during the peak of WCW's cruiserweight division, if he would have gone to WCW at a singles wrestler. I just want you to think about that for a moment. Could you imagine the matches he would be having in WCW's cruiserweight division? I would say, even though Matt's like more of the brains and the technician, Jeff would have outshined Matt in WCW. Unless he would have done something dumb like join the NWO. Because now that you think about it, after they got rid of six, they didn't have a cruiserweight in NWO. Now that I think about it, if I remember correctly, there wasn't another cruiserweight other than six. Jeff Hardy would have been perfect if he was in WCW. Or Matt Hardy. Like it would have split up the Hardy boys then. But it wouldn't have only difference is after the NWO disintegrated, 
they pretty much would have been dead in the dirt, unfortunately. So that would probably be the only downfall if the Hardy Boys. So just take just Jeff. And uh, yeah, he would have been perfect. And have him transition to that heavyweight period would have been great in WCW too. Because as Jeff bulked up, because he's probably, he's got to be 230 now, 235. You know, he looks like an actual heavyweight. Let let us have gotten that in WCW during, you know, 2000s. Oh, man. That would have been... It would have gave incentive for guys like Benoit Malenko to add them to the heavyweight title picture. I mean, you were able to let Dean Malenko be U.S. heavyweight champion. Why not have done a world heavyweight title match for Malenko? I would, I would have been down for a world heavyweight title run if they would have done it right. 97 or 98 would have been a, a, a pretty good year. Even if it was a transitional title run, that crowd would go nuts. They would go nuts for Dean Malenko as world heavyweight champion in 97. Definitely. Have him, let him have had that transitional title run, week-long run, instead of Luger. Y'all would, uh, would go nuts. And y'all can't tell me any different. Y'all cannot debate that argument. There is no debate. Not even close. I wouldn't even allow it. I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Anywho, we're going to do a quick intermission. We're going to play uh, another clip. All right, so boom. A couple of my subscribers sent me this video and said I should make a commentary on Spike Dudley. And for those of you who happen to believe that wrestling is fake, go talk to Spike Dudley's doctor. Because this brother in pain. Mans must have been some sort of masochist when he entered the wrestling business because I don't understand why you put your body through such punishment. Do you recognize what kind of performer you had to be to only be remembered for taking bumps? Nobody talks about positivity that Spike Dudley did in the ring. Only this man getting his ass whipped. There was a streak for about three months where this man either got hit with a foreign object, put through a table, or dropped on unpadded ground until his spine was misaligned. In in fact, I don't think there's a single person who had their finishing move counted more than Spike Dudley. Here I go, fire! I don't think anybody ever selected Spike Dudley on the video game outside of watching him get destroyed. Rumor has it in Brock Lesnar's first meeting with Dana White, he pulled up footage of kicking Spike Dudley's ass to qualify for the UFC. And exactly one year later, he's world's heavyweight champion. <laughs> In his next life, he might be reincarnated as a roach because this brother lived inside of tables. If he lived an alternative lifestyle, he could have made a killing on OnlyFans with the amount of wood he ate. I just got unblocked. I could only hope I don't get hit with copyright, but it still won't be harder than the bumps that Spike Dudley took. Mans have to have had a $5 million workers' compensation insurance because there's no way. Every single week, he damn near was in a car accident. I to make matters worse, there's a 17-minute compilation of this man getting his ass whipped from 1996 till retirement. 
Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville got nothing on Spike Dudley. Mans went a decade with near-death experiences. And his first three years in ECW, I can argue he probably wasn't getting paid much because everybody knows Paul Heyman's checks was bouncing. At least nowadays, when these crazy wrestlers be getting slammed through light tubes, you could at least get a little bit of clout on social media. Wasn't no social media in 1998. If it wasn't for the ECW faithful, Mans would have been getting his ass whipped for nothing. I know his medical chart looked crazy. Ruptured appendix, bruised spleen, cracked ribs, punctured lung, broken tailbone, kyphosis, scoliosis, lumbar stenosis, and lumbar lordosis. Do you recognize they put this man through a flaming table? They didn't even extinguish him. He had to stop, drop, and roll on himself. If he burned to death, they probably wouldn't even give him a 10-bell salute. Is that New Jack? Oh, I had no clue. He too was a victim of attempted murder. Who you know went through more flaming tables than Spike Dudley? They used to call him herpes because he likes it hot. On the his wife stated that all this fire burned off his pubes. He could have shaved that off if he was using Manscaped. Wait a minute. You already knew Manscaped takes shaving balls seriously, but they take saving balls seriously as well. Did you know one man every hour, every single day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? In fact, testicular cancer is the most common form of cancer amongst men ages 15 to 35. With April being National Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, Manscaped partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to help you take care of down there. And Manscaped will be donating $25,000 to their longtime partner, the Testicular Cancer Society, to help those impacted by testicular cancer. You can get their special edition TCS Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for a limited time only. It's a collectible item and there's only 10,000 units, so make sure to get yours today while supplies still last. And to purchase this special edition TCS Lawnmower 4.0 to support this cause, or for more information on how you can perform simple routine self-checks at home, you can visit manscaped.com slash TCS. Plus, for more information, go to testiculacancersociety.org. So to learn more about testicular cancer and get 20% off plus free shipping, click the link in my description and go to manscaped.com slash TCS. And he's only 150 pounds, so literally everybody can throw him around. I bet his Tinder profile said that he liked it rough. Hey, Spike, what do you do for a living? I get slammed. I'll fucking do it again. In a John Cena match, it's a guarantee you'll see two shoulder blocks. But for Spike Dudley, it's guaranteed his sliced bread finisher was going to get counted. If he don't have CTE at this point, Rhino's guaranteed to give it to him. Because that man kicked his ass in two different companies. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, Spike Dudley got his ass whipped by the same people in the WWE and ECW. And for those who never met him before, did not treat that man with any kind of respect. With the way he was getting abused, you would have thought he tried to sleep with somebody's sister. Nobody's been ejected out of the ring more than Spike Dudley. Rumor has it when he dies, he has it in his will for them to put his casket through a table. Here we go! Then in his twilight years, he went to TNA so they can assist him in his suicidal attempts. He battled Abyss in one of the most brutal matches I ever seen in my life. Nearly every piece of his body had a thumbtack in it. He got stomped in thumbtacks, got tossed in thumbtacks, got slammed into thumbtacks. There's not a single person who loves the grind more than Spike Dudley. Mans was 35 with two kids and a wife 
put his life on the line on television. He nearly got hung just for the thrill of it. He copied my whole fucking flow. All jokes aside, Mans will go down in history as one of the most extreme wrestlers of all time. Cause nobody, and I mean nobody, wanted to go to the shadow realm more than him. Willfully got tased on television. Man, send him to the afterlife. Finish him. Die. Snake, are you okay? Snake? Snake? I know his tax returns had to look crazy. Jog occupation? Ragdoll. This motherfucker's dead. You mean to tell me you watched the entire video but you haven't subscribed? Hit the subscribe button and become a member on Patreon or on YouTube to get access to the Discord. We're waiting for you in the Shadow Realm. Do it! Just do it! Make your dreams come true! Please! Please! What are you waiting for, huh? Oh my gosh. So for uh, for those people out there who have a rough day, just remember, you could be Spike Dudley. You could be going through a table. You'd be burned. That shit's crazy, dog. You know what? That means y'all motherfuckers don't, you know, appreciate Spike Dudley. Without Spike Dudley, there wouldn't even be a Matt Taven. Because that's who trained Matt Taven, Spike Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. Green Bud Spike Dudley. Yeah. Can I get a diggy? Let's see. Okay, so I still got AE Dub still going on. And it's Daniel Garcia going against Orange Cassidy for the international championship. Which I gotta admit, Orange Cassidy is uh made that belt more relevant than the world heavyweight title. That's right. I said it. Okay. And pretty much any belt on the roster has more relevancy than the TNT championship. That thing has been tossed around more than Sonny with the click in the late 90s. <laughs> Speaking of which, y'all heard Dark Side of the Rings coming back at the end of uh, the month, right? In the first episode they're doing, Tammy and Chris. I was like, oh shit, that is gonna be that is gonna be opening up Pandora's box. Now I know a lot of people are gonna say, like, we probably heard all the same stuff before. But you know, there's something about Dark Side of the Ring. You always mention something, at least one new thing that you didn't hear nowhere else. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, see, that could happen. <laughs> Imagine the velocity of that. Shit, there's a clip of the guy who does it in Japan, Hiroki Goto. Uh, there's a clip of him doing it to a young lion, Okada. And his is more like a kneeling down instead of a sitting down. It sounded like a gunshot went off the way Okada landed. You know what I'm saying? Now the version that uh, the version that uh, Alexander Hammerstone does the Midnight Pendulum, that's basically based off of Goto Shoten Kai, which is a sit-out version of it. But uh, I see he don't use that move much no more, and I think it's because his age is showing. 
So I think that's why he came up with GTR or Goto Revolution, which is basically like a kneeling version of the final cut, kind of like a samurai sword going through. I think that's the point of it because he has the samurai gimmick. Be like, <laughs> be like, my bad though. Oh, it's more karate. My bad. I, I had the two mistaken. I'm sorry. In case y'all pointed out on the video on demand. Be like, hey man. That wasn't right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, my bad. Can't get mad at me for that. I mean, you could, but ain't gonna do you no good. All right, check this out, right? So I'm gonna be 100 and random with y'all, right? So, a dude told me one day, right? They're like, hey, what do you call an Asian woman with dirty blonde hair? And I was like, what do you call them? Dude looked at me and said, lemon pepper. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Which is funny because there's a female that I am followed by and currently following on uh, Twitter who goes by the screen name Lemon Pepper. And she is hot as hell. Like she said on profile, she's 40. And she got the dirty blonde hair. I was like, okay. It's starting to all come together now. She is gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's nothing wrong with admiring what you love. As long as you admire what you love, don't give a shit about what the world thinks. I'm just saying. Like 10 years ago, me saying what I love, people look at me like all oh, weird and all that. Now I do it at 35 and they're like, all right, that's cool. You know, that's what you like. That's what you like. I'm like, that's what I like. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You know what time it is, yeah. By the way, don't forget, next month is a Bash at the Beach where we do a bunch of music interviews. If you know any local musicians or if you got a music talent yourself, please submit me a message at any of my socials, which is basically Mike World Order on Instagram and MWO Mike Thunder on uh, Twitter. And you can also find me somehow, somewhere on uh, Facebook. But yeah, we're, we are pretty much going to do episodes any day between the 1st and the 28th because then I start phase two of the Mike Thunder World Tour next week, North Carolina. Next month, LA. Just saying. But um, however, however, yeah. Lemon pepper. I learned something new this week, which I think is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of true, but it's kind of misleading because as much as I love my Asian goddesses, I don't like seeing them get offended or stereotyped negatively, you know what I'm saying? Unless they're cool with it. Then it's different. Like, I will call you Lingling. 
if need be. That's what you like, huh? That's what you like. Anywho, y'all got any more questions before we call tonight? I got to get some shut eye. <laughs> that and AEW is like boring shit out of me. Like, I thought this was going to be a cool episode the way they were hyping it, you know. And then you got, you know, Kenny Olivier in a cage match, and he's going to be like, oh, watch as I gallantly leap across the room and deliver a V trigger. Bang! Oh, it's going to be so delightful, so admirable, so decadent. Oh, V trigger to the face. Oh. I'm coming after you after I'm coming after the Young Bucks. And then I'm going to pull out my gun and be like, goodbye. And good night. Bang. Aha. Like, that would be the funniest shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Anywho. Tomorrow night's Thirsty Thunder Thursday. I might do a show this weekend. Why not, right? Would y'all tune in if I do it? No. Y'all wouldn't. Just kidding. Anywho, catch you guys later. Always don't forget to enjoy yourself.